Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. But for now, take it away, Rod Serling. You're traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Yes, this will be the second of a multiple part series that will focus on what in my humble opinion was one of the best television shows ever made, the Twilight Zone. Each one will focus on the psychological and sociological messages and areas of thought that this show tackled. Uh, This episode is called To One's Heart's Content. Now, I love these episodes, and there's a reason for it. They're all extremely moving episodes, at least to me. Uh, Like last time, I'm only going to set up the premise of the episode, And then I'll let you have the enjoyment of watching it yourself. No spoilers. This time, we're going to make reference to these episodes. One for the Angels, Walking Distance, The Big Tall Wish, The Trade-Ins, Cavender is Coming, The Changing of the Guard, Miniature, and In Praise of Pip. Now, for the record, I kind of want to put this out there. I don't believe in some of the ideology and premises of some of these episodes, but they're all here because of how they made me feel. They are all so beautifully and touchingly done, each in their own ways, that they all very easily made this list. Why are we touched by things, especially on television? Well, the PubMed website said this about things that move us. It says people can be moved and overwhelmed, a a phenomenon typically accompanied by goosebumps and tears. We argue that these feelings of being moved are not limited to situations that are appraised as pro-social, but elicited when someone surpasses an internal standard. The elicitation of these feelings was partially mediated by appraisals of surpassing social or achievement standards. Uh, Want me to put that into English for you? Things move us for whatever reason. Maybe they hit home on a personal level. Maybe we can't relate to it at all, but we can be moved by something. The article continues. It says, in line with this, ratings of meaningfulness were closely associated with feelings of being moved and moving stimuli elicited behavioral intentions such as spending time with family, friends, helping others, or achieving something in life. Thus, moving situations may remind us about what we perceive as meaningful and thereby help us to act accordingly. 
So you watch a television show about a relative and how that relative changed the life of somebody in the family. And all of a sudden you have this desire to call somebody in your family that you haven't talked to in a long time. You were moved, actually moved to action. See, when things touch a nerve in us, especially in a sentimental way, we are legitimately affected. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, these fictional stories that I'm making reference to in today's episode, they all spark a reaction based on our actual perceptions, as well as our actual lives and our own memories. Now, obviously, these things probably didn't happen to us because they're all fictitious and pretty far out there in some cases. But the gist of the stories, the heart of the stories, they move us, at least me. For example, in One for the Angels, the love and concern for a child makes the impossible happen. In the story Walking Distance, we feel the thrill of reconnecting to a past while being reassured that there's good things to come in the present too. The Big Tall Wish, man, just let me start by saying it has one of the best child actors that I have ever seen on a television show, which obviously helps a, a completely fictional story, but it helps to make that story just extremely touching. Then there's the episode, The Trade-Ins, and that shows what is and what isn't important in life, especially in relationships, doing so in a totally backdoor way that hits like a hammer emotionally. Cavender is Coming is often dismissed as a bad episode, uh, you know, special effects wise or whatever the case may be. Uh, the Twilight Zone was not known for comedy. But I love this episode. It's a pre-Carol Burnett show. Carol Burnett, who is at home at home and who helps to find happiness to the misinformed. Then there's the changing of the guard, which has a compelling performance by Donald Pleasance. You believe him when he's down and you believe him when he's up. And in Praise of Pip, you see one of Jack Klugman's best performances as a father who wants just another chance to have been a better parent. It's extremely moving. And I save this one for last, Miniature. Miniature is one of my all-time favorite episodes of The Twilight Zones. It, it, ironically, it's not shown that much because it was in the season where they switched to hour-long episodes. A lot of times when they rerun this, or they do marathons, they don't generally dive into the hour-long episodes. But this one was just so good. Uh, miniature is effective in many ways, but I'm going to tell you the secret weapon. It's the lead actor, who happens to be none other than Robert Duvall. Uh, this is the hidden gem, in my opinion, in Robert Duvall's acting crown, if you ask me. He is so perfect and so good and so believable as the character Charlie Parks. It's shot brilliantly, it's acted brilliantly, written brilliantly, and has a brilliant, subtle humor alongside its being very touching and effective. Miniature is essentially a little movie, perfectly casted and executed. Of all the episodes, 
famous or not, honestly, this one is top three for me on the Twilight Zone for sure. You root for Charlie. He's the square peg in the round hole. You want him to be happy so badly. And in the end, you're left smiling and applauding for the character. It's really perfect television. Now, Vox.com is another website, and it helps us to understand why, without saying it directly about a television show, that we move, essentially are moved and are fighting for and are all about the underdog. In fact, they don't apply it to television as far as sitcoms or drama or whatever. They apply it to sports. This is what it says. It says, deep down, we want the world to be fair. In sports, some teams, whether pro or college, can pour more money into winning, but we want everyone to have an equal shot at it. And when upsets happen, it tells us that they do. Psychologists consistently find that people get more joy out of unexpected successes than expected ones. And similarly, more pain from unexpected failures than ones we kind of anticipate. Some researchers point out that this could provide a good reason for us constantly always rooting for the underdog. You have less, I guess, to lose if your team loses, but you've got a lot more to gain if they pull it off in an upset. The Good Therapy website gives us examples. It tells us that everyone in movies from Oliver Twist to Rocky Balboa some of the most influential characters in fiction and true tales of inspiration were underdogs. Cinderella, Eliza Doolittle, the rags to riches aspect of the under, underdog stories is pronounced in fiction. But there are plenty of real life examples of underdogs who succeeded through talent and determination. People often choose to root for the underdog and most people love a story about an underdog triumphing about or against adversity. Uh, the reason for this, again, may be that most people have been an underdog at some point in their life, because honestly, no one can succeed at everything. When underdogs succeed, it can give people hope that effort, hard work, and hope can triumph in the face of immense adversity. Now, an underdog, if we had to, I guess, define that, would be anyone who is at a perceived disadvantage, who's perceived by the others to be weak, maybe has a history of failure or challenges, or people believe that this person is more than likely going to fail. Underdogs are commonly used in television and movies, both as comic relief as well as sources of triumph and inspiration. It's kind of funny. You remember the television cartoon Underdog? That's a perfect example because that character follows the triumphs and exploits of an unlikely canine superhero. That concept applies to a lot of these, especially Miniature, The Big Tall Wish, Cavender is Coming, and In Praise of Pip. You pull for the underdogs. Even the others hint at the leads being underdogs, like a teacher being forced to retire and feeling useless, a man looking to find life in his life, a race against time, 
an interception by a lovable pitch man and a couple that can't afford to buy the fountain of youth together. See, we want them all to be happy. We want them to win and to succeed. But in these cases, how they succeed are in impossible ways, impossible other than in the twilight zone. Now, these episodes make you both think and feel. It's intelligent television. Again, as, as, as much as I want to tell you, I'm not going to spoil the endings. You can check them out for yourselves. But I will close once again with a Rod Serling closing speech. This is one directly from one of these episodes, the episode Walking Distance. He says this, Martin Sloan, age 36, vice president in charge of media, successful in most things, but not in the one effort that all men try at some time in their lives, trying to go home again. And also like all men, perhaps there'll be an occasion, maybe a summer night sometime, when he'll look up from what he's doing and listen to the distant music of a calliope and hear the voices and the laughter of the people and the places of his past. And perhaps across his mind, there'll flit a little errant wish that a man might not have to become old, never outgrow the parks and the merry-go-rounds of his youth. And he'll smile then too, because he'll know it is just an errant wish, some wisp of memory, not too important really, some laughing ghosts that cross a man's mind that are a part of the twilight zone. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, The Twilight Zone, to One's Heart's Content playlist. You can find this really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast, The Twilight Zone, dash to One's Heart's Content. Now, I bookended the set with two based on the overall theme and the rest each represent a specific episode that we discussed this time. So let's start with track number one. Track number one, again, in generalities, it affects what we're talking about here. Object of My Affection. This one is by Peter, Bjorn, and John. Number two, representing one for the angels, we have the band Low with Death of a Salesman. Number three, representing Cavender's company, we have MXPX with I'm okay, you're okay. Number four, for the exquisite miniature episode, we have Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic. Number five, we have In a Sentimental Mood, the incredible Duke Ellington and John Coltrane version representing Walking Distance. Number six, we have Terrence Trent Darby with I'll Never Turn My Back on You, Father's Song for In Praise of Pip. Number seven, for the Big Tall Wish, we have The Boxer by the Chemical Brothers. Number eight, we have Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles for the changing of the guard. I know I don't usually repeat artists on lists, and I technically didn't, but it was just too perfect, so you're going to have to go with it this time. Number nine, for the trade-ins, we have John Lennon with Grow Old With Me. I, I couldn't top it. And number 10, we have Blondie with I'm always touched by your presence, dear. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. 
just type in Refresher Podcast, The Twilight Zone, to your heart's content. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Again, they're far apart from each other, which makes me really happy. Our, our latest demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Baden-Württemberg, Germany, and in the United States, in Mount Olive, North Carolina. That is so exciting. Thank you both. We appreciate all of you listeners in both places. Welcome to Refresher. This show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. Whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen and enjoy anytime. And if you'd like to check out our website for friends of the show who do contribute and we appreciate them very much, or if you'd like to pick up maybe some of my books or t-shirts or any merch for Refresher, just go to www.refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That's www.refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.